0: Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Well, praise God. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you for your Word that is full of living power. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, the Word of God is like a two-edged sword and it's able to cut between the soul realm, which is your mind, your will, and the emotion, and the spirit realm which is the origin of all life. All things come from the Spirit. God is a Spirit. So, God, I ask that you'd cut through right now the soul, which is all about self. You created it, but it's filled with pride and arrogance and self-righteousness. God, we want to put that to the side and ask that the Spirit would be revitalized and alive this morning to speak to our spirit, and we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That, God, you would show us how not to conform to the world, but to be transformed, letting God change the way we think about these things so that we might know his perfect plan and will for our life. So, God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord to worship you. Those that are joining by live stream, I pray right now the Holy Spirit would go through the airwaves and convict and bring transformation as well in the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. Well, let me um, ask you a question. What season are we in? One says the end time season. You would be probably right. Is it uh, it the summer season? Yeah, it's the summer season. Uh, Is it hurricane season? You would be right if you said hurricane season. Is it a political season? Yeah, we're about facing an election in November, less I think 100 and something days. So it's a, you know, just turn on the TV or radio, look political everywhere, right? So it's a political season. It's baseball season. I don't know if there's a lot of playing going on, but it's baseball season, right? Looking forward to the football season coming, if that'll happen. So, what season are we in depends, right, what, what season we're in, and where your focus is may be where you identify with your season, correct? So Jim, why don't you pull up that, uh, yesterday I went online, and uh, if you live on the coast and you've lived here at all, we just had a Hurricane Hannah hit the uh, coast of Texas last night, category one. And so, the predictions on… So, so if you live on the coast, you would be wise to make preparation for the hurricane season. Correct? How many have lived through a hurricane? All y'all. Okay, just about every… Okay. It's not, not fun, right? So, there are some precautionary measures that you should take because they can be very destructive have we seen, right? One of the greatest outreaches we had was during some of the last couple of hurricanes where we fed literally thousands, took trees off houses. The, the church was, came together. It was just an incredible outreach. Fed people uh, food for days and days and weeks. And, and so, this preparation needs to be made. Next slide. These are, if you go online, uh, what you should do in preparation. One, you should plan your evacuation route probably not wise to go to the Outer Banks, probably not good to even go to Wrightsville Beach or camp out on Masonboro Island. Not a good idea during that preparation. So you should know how to get out of here, and you should also make some plans with supplies. You might want to have your batteries, your generator, some gasoline, a weather radio, some preparations that you need to make. Take inventory of your personal property. Where's your insurances kept? Where's that stuff? People get their houses flooded and then they don't know where the stuff is. So your policies. How about protecting your home? I went out yesterday, went over to Harbor Freight. I uh, got some tie downs. Uh, there's some hurricane ties. I got a shed that's pretty shaky in the back. Brand new house. I'm figuring, you know, if the wind comes, I better make some preparations for that. So you ought to make some protection for your home. We got together and three of my neighbors, we took down five trees because the house we moved into a couple of months back had two trees fall on it, damaged the house, had to replace everything practically in the house. So I got there, my next door neighbor, Maria, she had four trees hanging kind of over towards our house in the car, I said, why don't we get together? Well, then the neighbor behind us got together, we kind of pooled our resources and we took down, had a fitness tree come and take down five trees in preparation because we know what can happen. See, the the Word says that a prudent man, this is Proverbs 23, a prudent person sees what's coming and makes preparation. But a simpleton looks the other way and is destroyed. So take steps. Maybe protecting your business would be a good thing to do as well. Next slide. Hurricanes can shatter your lives. Why has this got so much background noise? I don't know what that's all about. Um, don't wait till the hurricane is on the watch. However, when it starts to come up, I hate this when almost for like seven or eight days they tell you in advance, the track's coming here, maybe it's got all these lines going on. Oh, is it coming here? Is it going there? It's like for seven days everybody's in anxiety and it's like, yeesh. But it's wise to look at the track. Where's the storm going? How strong is it? And what should I do in preparation if I evacuate to Raleigh and the storm's going to Raleigh that's not too wise as has happened to some people in the past or well let's go to let's go to Charleston and then it goes up the river Charleston and boom right so watching the track and understanding the season what did Jesus say to the Pharisees one more slide plan your evacuation route better yet do you know who your evacuation is? Who he is? <laughs> His name's Jesus, that great name we, we honored. Thanks, Jim. What did Jesus say to the Pharisees? He said in Matthew 16, 3, why don't you turn there? We're gonna, you're going to need your word today. There's several in the back. We have Spanish and English versions. Some of you have your phones. Um, it, it may take me more than one week to get through this message, but I just felt the burning in it. So, I'm going to take my time, but you're going to need a pen. Take your handout, which has the, what spiritual season are we in? What should we do? And what should we not do? Which sometimes is just as important about what you do. You're going to want to take some notes on this. I would encourage you to read through these scriptures this week. Meditate on them. In the morning or night, have your meditation time with the Lord and the Word. And look at these and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you telling me? What's my preparation? What are some of the things I should do or not do in the midst of the season we're in? Well, let's um, let's turn to Matthew sixteen three for a moment. Jesus came to the religious leaders, and they were they were pushing him for signs. They had heard of his power and his miraculous. And in Matthew chapter sixteen. I have both the King James, which is a word-for-word translation, and a parallel Bible on the other side, which is the New Living Translation, which is a thought-for-thought, and I'll bounce between both today. But I want to start, let's, um, verse 1, Matthew 16:1. 1, one day the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to test Jesus, demanding that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. He replied, You know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the sign of the times. Only an evil and adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. And Jesus left them and went their way. See, they could read the sign of the weather, but they missed the spiritual significance of the whole thing. And I'm, a, I'm very concerned today. There are many people that are just caught up in all the events, and they are missing the very season. What season are we in? If you're in the season of unemployment, of COVID, fear, anxiety, and that's the season you're focused on, You could miss the very fact that we are in a spiritual season and a very, very significant spiritual season. And so, he says the same thing in Luke chapter 12 and verse 56, warning them of the signs. So turn with me in your outline. What spiritual season are we in? What should we do and what should we not do in this season? probably everyone would agree that we're in a significant season of transition. Spiritual, political, emotional, physical, all these forces are at work, not only globally, nationally, but locally. There are spiritual battles manifesting at every level, all levels, so that everyone is affected. The anxiety level, the mental illness, The suicide rate, the addiction rates are soaring. Go look on statistics what's happening right now. So we are in a significant period of change and conflict. Fear and confusion, anger, defiance, it's manifesting and desiring to destroy even the systems of our governed society. I want to look at some Scriptures, both Jesus, the Apostle Paul, many of them warned us about the season. So these will be some familiar Scriptures, but I want to ask you, turn with me to Matthew 24. Jesus just before he is crucified, sitting on the Mount of Olives, he highlights this future prediction, the prophecy of the end, both in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and Mark 13. But I just want to call out a couple of verses here. In Matthew 24, and let's begin in verse 10. I'm sure that if you've read the Scriptures, you're familiar with at least uh, there's 14 prophecies of what I've looked here and counted. You could probably count them differently, but in in verse 10, Matthew 24, 10, it says, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate one another. Many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people." Now oftentimes we think of that as a spiritual, you know, a religious leader as a false prophet. There are false prophets all over the political system right now. They are are absolutely leading people astray. The spirit of deception is running absolutely rampant. So, this is a prophecy. Jesus many will turn away from me. As a matter of fact, the number of people that are walking away from faith is phenomenal. And they will hate each other and betray one another. Many false prophets will appear, deceive many. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many, John shared this in his announcement. The love of many will grow cold. But who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all the nations will hear it, and then the end will come." That's been, I I think, fulfilled. When you look at the number of satellites that have been blasting the Word of God across um, the universe, (laughs) actually. Um, Our leader in in Nepal called me last night, Pastor Prem. You know, it's rainy season there. The floods have been coming, landslides. We have uh, about uh, 35 churches in the Himalayas, and they've been in lockdown for several months. Uh, He called me, says he's made connection, fortunately, through cell phones and everything. They can go online. They can sit in the Himalayas. He can call me. They can watch the service. I told him, go online today, watch the service. Practice your English. And so, um, it's amazing that satellites are now bombarding all over the United States and the world. And so, that is already a fulfilled prophecy. The Word is being preached. I'm not sure how many unnamed people groups or um, unreached people groups exist today, but there's not many. And so that fulfillment of Scripture, but we see that the love of many will grow cold. Turn with me to then Luke 21. Let's pick up another prophecy that Jesus gave through his servant Luke, Dr. Luke. In Luke 21, let's pick up again in, in verse 10. Jesus said, then he added, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and there will be famines and plagues in many lands. And there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from the heavens. Well, we certainly know that that's true. But, you know, in all of the COVID craziness, we're not hearing a whole lot of other things. But... Do you know that there were two major discoveries in the last few months in the planetary systems? You can go online and look this up. Um, There was this planetary system called KAPLER, K-A-P-L-E-R, KAPLER 11. They found a series of planets that are small, but yet rotating, you can see that around a particular star But on February 28th, one of the most miraculous discoveries at the University of British Columbia, they discovered 17 new planets. One is almost the size of the Earth. And so, there's all these miraculous signs in the heavens, but we're so wrapped up in all the other things that you're not being reported. But go online and study. Just go Google new planetary discoveries in the last few months. That's another fulfillment. There's this these great signs following. I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, you'd have to be brain dead not to get the fact that what Jesus said is actually unfolding in every particular prophecy. But then he warned us also. Let's turn through Paul, the apostle. Turn with me to 1 Timothy 4. Again, another very familiar scripture, just laying some groundwork. And I believe somebody living, listening by live stream, this may be the first time you're tuning in. Get these scriptures down and, and go back and listen to them, look at them. In, uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, 1 Timothy 4, 1, now, now what? Now, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, King James says, the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving to heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. King New Living says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from the true faith and they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They'll say it's wrong to be married and to eat certain foods that God created and should be eaten and given with thanks from faithful people who know the truth. There are more people now living together than they are in marriage. That's the first time in the history of our world. So, there's another fulfillment. The latter days, doctrines of demons, people believing, all right, a couple of years later, T- Paul wrote to Timothy again, "Turn with me to Second Timothy in chapter three. And let's begin again in verse one. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one. King James says, "This you should also know that in the last days, perilous times shall come." Perilous." Boy, you look that word up. Tremendous peril, danger." New Living says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful, they'll be prideful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and they'll be ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. Does that sound like Jesus' prediction? The love of many shall grow cold. (laughs) They'll be offended. They shall be unloving and unforgiving, and they will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends, reckless and puffed up with pride. They will love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. This whole slander, I mean, it is disgusting what goes on in the news today. The accusations and the false, and I don't know if you saw this, but this week there was a young man, he just turned 18, Nicholas Sandman from a Catholic school. He's the one that several months, I think it was actually a couple of years ago now, he was standing there with a MAGA hat on, and they said that he was um, being verbally abusive and threatening to, an Af- to a uh, Native American man which totally was false. He didn't say anything. In fact, um, and the newspapers picked that up, the Washington Post, uh, the um, CNN, and there are multiple, multiple lawsuits. Well, they settled a lawsuit, a defamation lawsuit against the Washington Post for $250 million on Friday. It's about time. They crucified this young man for nothing they degraded him he got death threats for 1 year he was threatened with his life to be killed it was just incredible what they did to this young man and some lawyers got up and said this is not right we are going to stop this thing and when you hit him in the pocket they get they get their attention so washington post going to fork out 250 million dollars cnn is next and msnbc is probably right after that they'll probably settle after court look this I'm not picking on any particular news agency, but the false, slander, hatred, manipulation for greed and power is what's going on. These are spirits. These are spirits in this season that are operating now. And so we need to be wise as the people of God to know how to pray, how to intercede, and what to see. We got to open our eyes to what is it that's going on so we know how to pray. All right, let's turn to Revelation chapter 12. Again, just laying foundational Scripture here for the season that we're in. Revelation chapter 12, again, a very familiar Scripture. It's a very powerful Scripture. It's the one that declares that there was a war in heaven. I'm going to introduce a concept you may have heard before. I haven't delved in, in great deal, detail into it, but I do want to go more. There are actually multiple heavens. Scripture identifies a third heaven. Paul says, we'll look at this in a little bit. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2, he says, there was was a time when I was caught up into the third heaven. Whether I was in my body or not, I can't tell. Only God knows. But I was caught into the third heaven, the paradise of God, and I saw things that cannot be uttered, not permitted to be uttered by a human. That's what that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, right? What Paul saw, in the third heaven was beyond human understanding of the goodness and power and greatness of what's prepared for those who love him. And he gets into this argument. He got all these false teachers and they're bragging about their visions and this. And Paul says, I shouldn't brag, but I'm gonna brag, but I shouldn't brag. And then he goes on and he brags all over the place, right? And he says, there's a third heaven. Well, if there's a third heaven, there must be a first and second heaven, right? And we know the first heaven out of Genesis was created. He separated the water and created the heavens, right? This is the this is our universe. Look up in the sky. This is the first heaven. This is where we are. We live in this realm here on earth. But, but then Paul very clearly teaches, and John tells us the revelator in Revelation chapter 2. We'll look at it again in a minute here. He says, in the second heaven, and that's what's being described here, I believe, there was a war in the, in the third heaven. So look at Revelation 12. It says. I witnessed an event, this is John the Revelator, in this war there was a great, of great significance. Chapter 12, verse 1. And it gives this description of a third of the stars that are being thrown out of heaven and a war that went to kill the remnant of the seed of the woman. Let's pick up in verse, I uh, like let's start in verse 7. There was a war in heaven and Michael and his angels. That's why I believe this is the third heaven. This is the paradise of God. Remember on the day when Jesus is hanging on the cross and the one mocking thief is there and says, you know, if you're God, why don't you get us out of here, right? And the other thief sits there and says, have you no sh- We deserve what we're getting. This man's innocent. Would you remember me when you come to your kingdom? Jesus turns to him and says, you will be with me in paradise today. That's the third heaven. Man, that guy was never baptized. He didn't walk the altar. He, he, he was, he's like, but I know the truth and you're the truth. We deserve what we got, but you don't. He goes, that's enough. You're going to be with me in paradise. Third heaven. Look what happens. Says, so, there's a war in heaven. This is before. This Remember the devil and his demons, the, the one-third of the false Angels that came in rebellion. Rebellion and pride is the most ugliest sin. It was there in heaven when there was no sin. And yet Lucifer, that amazing angel at that time, decides that I want to be like God. And he leads one-third of the angelic host in war and rebellion against God himself. See, the angels have free will just like you and me. And that free will got them in trouble in that prideful arrogance. Yeah. Lucifer, the morning star, you can read it in Isaiah and Ezekiel. But it says, there was a war in heaven, and Michael and the archangels fought. And the dragon, verse 8, lost the battle, and his angels were forced out of heaven. This is the third heaven. The great dragon, the, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth. That's the bad news. (laughs) Then I heard a loud voice shouting across, it has come at last salvation and power in the kingdom of our God, the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of the brothers and the sisters have been thrown down to the earth and he accuses them before God day and night and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That's why we honor that great name today in worship. Man, I am telling you, There are witnesses that have been with me on mission trips in here when we use the name of Jesus against the most demonized, perverted people and they crumble and cry and scream out in freedom. That name and the blood, the blood and the name. That's why you need to get up every morning and plead the blood over your family, over your circumstances, over your… I do it every, every morning. Because there's a battle that's going on, and the blood in the name drives the devil absolutely into a migraine fit. God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus, defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But then it goes on, it says this Therefore, rejoice, O heavens. For you who live in the heavens, rejoice. But terror has now come to the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down in great anger knowing he has little time. So, the great news is he was kicked out of the third heaven. The bad news is he's in the second and the first. (laughs) We occupy the first in our natural being, but in Ephesians 2, it says, you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. You're seated with Christ in the third heaven. Now, we sit here. No, right now I'm occupying the first heaven in my physical. But spiritually, if you're aware of who you are in the spirit, you are seated in the throne room. It says you've been seated at the right hand of Him with the Father. Now, I, that's like woohoo, whoa. But if you continue to operate out of the first and second heaven, you will be defeated, you will, you will suffer loss. When we deal with this, remember what he said in Ephesians chapter 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers in the heavenly realms? That second heaven, that area where a lot of the darkness, that is, I believe, the whole planetary system. If you look out there, it's like that's the second heaven, is my view. The first heaven is here where our atmosphere is controlled. But the demonic realm operates in those areas. There's going to be a war in the second heaven, in fact, Our president has just started the Space Force. This week the Chinese are the only other nation who've launched a rocket to go to Mars. There is a war being prepared for the war in satellites in the second heavens. It's coming. That realm of the first and second heaven, once we understand, but we're seated if you want to be understanding of it, you're seated in the third heaven spiritually where the devil cannot operate. He's been kicked out by the blood and the word of you testifying. And so, when you operate, and I had a situation in the last few weeks where circumstances, well, let me unpack this. You know, we're not, we're not mild and meek about standing against the enemy. Some people are critical of that. You know, let's not mess with the devil. He doesn't mess with us. And that's wrong. He messes, right? He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. You may remember about five weeks ago, the, the disciples of Lucifer were going to have a march in Raleigh to pull down the government and replace it. We said, not in our state. You're not doing that in our state. And we stood here on a Sunday morning and we gathered together and we said, not in this state. And we had a team that went up there to go and join with some other Christians and walk and pray in the Spirit. When they got there, they met the police who were assigned because the permit had been pulled by the disciples of Lucifer to be there. And they didn't show up. And so, no one showed up except the Christians. Our guys did a treasure hunt, prayed, asked for names, got a young man's name with it, went and led him to Christ. But we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. The backlash of that, the next three weeks here in this church, the demonic realm manifested. I remember one Sunday morning, we've been doing pre-service prayer, 9.30, you're invited to come. 9.30 to 10, we try to set the atmosphere, and we had the worship team playing at 9.30 in the morning, getting ready for the 10 o'clock service, and a woman who's never been in our church before walked in the door at 9.35, right through that door there. As soon as they hit the worship, she manifested. I'm here with the microphone. I said, I've seen that before. So, I handed the mic off, and I went back to pray peace. I took authority over, shut it down. The person sat down and was quiet. I said, praise God, because we We're not, the sick and the broken need to come, right? We pray for that. That's an answer to prayer. But you're not going to manifest your craft when you're here. That's forbidden. That's a boundary violation. If you want to come and get free, you come and get free. This is not ChristianMingle.com where you come and hook up and have sex and whatever you want. That ain't going to happen here. You can't come in here and be drunk and not not expect. That's not going to happen here. That's a boundary violation. But if you come for freedom, we desire to give you freedom, right? So, she was quiet, sat down. Worship started at 10 o'clock. That person came up to the stage. My daughter was on stage, and the Agape tribe was playing, and she started projecting curses right here. And I'm, I'm standing here. Miss Addy says, oh, no. No. As soon as I went up there, she boogied right out of here, ran out to the cafe, sat down. And I went out there. I said, let me tell you one thing. You are not going to operate in that spirit here. What do you mean? And security escorted her to the boundary of the property. And I have not seen her since. The next week, another woman came in doing all sorts of crazy stuff. We challenged her and said, you're not going to do that stuff. You're not authorized to pray for people. We have a ministry team that is, that's your protection for protect. You're not going to do that here. You just receive. That's, didn't pay attention to that at all. Pastor Willie confronted her, left. The next week, two weeks later, she came back and was confronted at the door. You're not. Now let's set some boundaries. Don't worry, this is not my house. I'm not staying here. So, she sat out on the bench, and she projected everybody who walked by, she said something to him. Haven't seen her since. Well, then, the following Sunday, I'm like, Lord, there was a lady sitting here. She goes, I've been looking for a church, and I'm, she's very much aware. And she goes, if that's going on here, I want to be here. I said, okay, I guess that's good, Yeah. <laughs> and so, the next week, this person comes in, and they had prayed. Our, our ministry team and worship team had prayed, Lord, set a boundary, and don't let them come into the service that are going to try to disrupt it. Before service even starts at 9.30, this woman comes into the foyer, and she starts asking, I, I won't even project, but against one of my daughters, asking foul and unclean questions. Right in the foyer at 9.35 in the morning. And my one of my pastors, Pastor Nilsa came to me and said, um, da, 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 da. what? Another one of my daughter? No. I went out there and the person sitting in the I said, Let me make something very clear. And I, I reiterated the words she said. You are not gonna you're not gonna say those kind of things here. They're inappropriate. Person stands up, jumps up and says, Don't exercise me, don't exercise me, don't exercise me. I'm leaving and runs out the door. And calls the police that I tried to cast demons out of her and that I threw her out of the church. I said, and the officer, I know the officer, he comes, he goes, what's what's the story? We just got a 911 call. I said, well, here's. he goes, I figured as much. I got it. What's the point? The point is the devil is real and your authority is also real. And what you allow will be allowed and what you disallow will, not be, will be disallowed, right? And so, it's time for the people of God to rise up and understand who you are and understand what spirit is operating. We still operate in love, but this is not run over any boundary you want to run over. It has to be a safe place. And so, in Revelation, we've been told there's a war. Look at the rest of that Scripture. Let's pop down to verse 17. The dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children and all who keep the commandments and maintain their testimony of Jesus. King James says it this way, the dragon was wroth with the woman to went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Who are they? The ones who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Well, what are the commandments of God? The Ten Commandments, the moral law. They didn't change. The civil laws Change The cultural laws Change. You know, we don't have, you know, boxes hanging on us and hats and all that that the Orthodox Jews do. That's their custom. But that custom of the law has changed and the civil laws change, right? So, but moral law has not changed. And they maintain, they keep their testimony for Jesus. That's your lifestyle. It's not what you say you believe. It's what is evident in your life. That's your testimony. And so, those are the ones who's made war with. So, you are at war, whether you like it or not, you're in the second and third, uh, first and second heaven area, and therefore, you're in a war zone. You are in it. The good news is, he said we could have abundant life, but he also said, you shall have many tribulations, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So we see in Revelation 12. Now turn with me to Colossians 2. One more foundational scripture, and then we're going to take a dive. In second, uh, in Colossians chapter 2, we were warned by Paul at the church of Colossus. He said, "Let's begin in verse 8." Colossians 2.8, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Christ, for in Christ lives all the fullness of the human body, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over the ruler and authority. King James says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophies of vain deceit after the traditions of men and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Now, I want to say this, but I want to say it carefully. You know that we have had, over the last month, we have had, we've preached on social justice. We've preached on the biblical basis of racism Lisa brought two messages. Bishop brought a message on faith is required. Jennifer Costell came and said, I I see you. I see you. Remember, those are the, if you've been following our scriptural, and I I would recommend you do because the Holy Spirit is leading through these building blocks. And then Wednesday night, we looked at the book of Jude for three, three Wednesdays. I'm going to dive into that. These are all Holy Spirit-led times of building blocks for this season. And you are online, so I would encourage you, turn off Netflix, even turn off the news for a little bit, and listen to what is being said by the Holy Spirit. Because you're being equipped to be able to stand. And so... We have preached against social injustice. We've had uh, Tracy Isom come up. We've had African-American. We're as diverse a body of believers as you can see. We've got Spanish, African, white, Indian, Asian, praying for Daisy, right? We're, that's a healthy church, I believe it is. Young, old, and all, called. it doesn't matter, right? But let me say this, what's going on right now has nothing to do with the murder of George Floyd. What is going on in crazy places, in Seattle in Minneapolis, Philadelphia, Chicago. This has absolutely nothing to do with that. They are burning down the cities. They're if you turn on the news it'll make you sick. I saw them beat this guy so badly the other 49 police officers were damn were hurt from throwing bottles and stuff the other night in Chicago. This is absolutely a spirit of defiance and rebellion and darkness. This has nothing to do, but it's been hijacked by a demonic spirit and there are people that have been caught up in this high sounding nonsense of philosophical lies and deceptions empowered by the teachings of demons that are now capturing people. And it's time that the spirit of God in the house of God starts praying against this spirit because we have been given power and authority. It is a boundary. If you want to have your nation, you better wise up and get on it. You better get registered to vote and you need to pray about who you're to vote for because this is a probably the most critical election in my lifetime. And it's time for the people of God to wake up and recognize what's going on. I don't care where you land on any one of these racial issues. You know me, I'm in support of that. I have Spanish, black, white, in my lineage. I am not a racist, okay? My spiritual mama is sitting right back there. So <laughs> I love you too. My point is this. We need to be aware of what is going on spiritually right now for our nation or we can lose what we've got here. We really can. Well, somebody's say, well, I just don't want to be bothered by it. It makes me nervous when I turn on the news. Okay. But you better wake up and look at what's really going on. Turn with me to the book of Jude. I want to identify three demon spirits that I believe are running rampant right now in the United States. And we need to counter it. And That's why starting next Sunday night at 5 o'clock, at least through the election, we're going to come together and we're going to follow the Holy Spirit. It's going to be an interactive operation of the Holy Spirit here on. We're just setting aside that night, Sunday night, 5 to 7. We're going to pray. We're going to stand. We're going we're gonna to worship, however the Holy Spirit leads it. But one of the thematics is, if my people who are called by my name will, one, humble themselves. Get on your face. Get rid of your pride. Pride is the biggest arrogance that we've got. It's all about yourself and your soul and everything else and our comforts. And it's time we put that in subjection. If my people, my people, the born-again ones who are the remnant seed, who keep their testimony, who know about the blood of Jesus, my people, if they will humble themselves and turn and seek my face. If we'll do four things, he'll do three. He's going to hear. He's going to heal. Right? He's going to deliver. So, we're going to set aside that time. Well, let's turn to the book of Jude. These are, I believe, the the amazing teaching that Daniel Christian did. And Daniel's probably listening with Alicia in Alaska. Bless you all. Miss you guys. They're doing well. Talked to him several times or, or texted him. He taught on the Book of Jude, and I, I've just been meditating, meditating on this. I took my first weekend off last weekend, first time this year, and uh, I got to listen to Pastor Terry's teaching on Wednesday night. Awesome job, Terry, wherever he is. Um, Oh, hi, Terry. <laughs> I loved it, Terry. That was awesome. To hear all those generals and what they were. They were imperfect people. But yet what they did. Pick it up. Get online and get it. This Wednesday night, several, I've talked, asked Terry to pull those up. We need to be remembered of the wells of those people who ushered in revival and miracles. Get some time and get there with it. In the book of Jude, you know, maybe, maybe you remember the story of this. Those who, I'll just refresh you. Jude was the half-brother of Jesus. They had the same mother, different fathers. Amen? And so he's the half-brother. In fact, he was a critic of Jesus, made fun of him during the time when Jesus was training his disciples. But after the resurrection, when, he, when, when the older brother shows up, Jude and the other guys say, oh, <laughs> I guess he really is who he says he is, right? And they they converted. It was amazing. And he writes the book of Jude. And he says, there's dangers. There's a dangerous time. Jude says, he starts out, I'll paraphrase, I wanted to bring you a message of salvation and encouragement, but I can't. I've got to tell you that something has wormed its way in, a spiritual darkness. And he highlights three spirits. And I believe that it's not only wormed its way into the church which is where Daniel came at it. Daniel Christian was dealing with that, and he and Alicia was, these things are the warning that's wormed its way into the church. And I've been in 12 churches, and I can tell you it's wormed its way into the church, okay? And it's been here, and we've had to battle some of these things as well in the last 21 years that I've been here. But I believe this is now a spirit realm that has now entered into the realm of the United States, and we're operating in this spirit. We need to specifically pray against these three spirits. So if you'll turn to your outline, I've tried to highlight this in number three there, the three demonic spirits that are operating nationally over the United States right now. First is the jealousy. That was the Cain spirit. Remember the warning Jesus had to Cain. Your brother's sacrifice, Abel's sacrifice has been more accepted than it. And he says, watch out, Cain, your anger, the sin is crouching at the door and wants to get a hold of you. Your anger is crouching at the door and it will devour you. Well, Cain did not respond. He ends up killing his brother. That spirit of jealousy, that spirit of anger is manifesting in such a way you see it on the streets where they're... You've got white, young white kids, young adults, cursing out black, pass- black police officers, spitting in their face. You think that's George Floyd? Give me a break. This is that angry, hateful spirit. John warned us in 1 John. He said, if you allow your hate, you hate your brother. The love of God is not in you. In fact, it's a murdering spirit. Go look at what's happening. How many people have now been murdered? Some guy had a Trump hat on and a flag outside of his business, and they went up and shot him in the head. This is just nuts. This is a spirit that is hijacked A number of people, they are under that hate, murder, Cain's spirit of jealousy. The second spirit is Balaam. If you know the history of Balaam, Balak hires Balaam to curse Israel. So, the king pays money to the witch doctor to go and curse them, and he can't because they're too righteous. That is a warning for us. If you walk in righteousness, the devil can't get at you. In fact, we've been in places where the demons cry out and say, we can't touch them. We're too close to Jesus. I love it. But what does he do? He sets up a strategy that says, let's take the Israeli men. Let's send in some loose women. Have them fall in sexual rebellion because the spirit of rebellion is the spirit of witchcraft, 1 uh, 1 Samuel 15. They commit adultery with them, they commit fornication with them, that's pornography, whatever you want to look at. That immoral spirit opens the door to rebellion which then allows them to be cursed and that's what happens to them. And a plague breaks out and fortunately there's a young man that says enough is enough and when they're having sex on the front of the temple location, he takes a spear and he runs it through both of them at the moment. And I think 24,000 die in the plague when God finally says enough is enough. That spirit of witchcraft, that spirit is that greed spirit for power, for control, for money. And that spirit of Balaam is deceiving right now. And you see it in the airways. You see it on the news. It is crazy. The lies and the deceptions. And I'm not, it's been said, you know, Jesus is not a Republican or a Democrat. He is not. But it's time for you to study both platforms and find out how you are to stand and vote. Because you will be judged, trust me, I'm telling you right now, you will be judged by God on how you levy your vote. Because what you do, he says, I will judge those based on what they do. And so you need to study both platforms and ask Holy Ghost, who do I vote for? What do I do? What don't I do? How do I do this? And I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I will present. When we get closer, I will present both platforms to you so that I can't be accused by the crazies of the stuff I get on Internet and stuff of being one or the other. No, I'll present both sides, and you decide. And if it doesn't line up with this word, you better not agree with it, and you better not cast a vote for it because you will be judged out of this word. Hallelujah. (laughs) Got it, One. Thank you all my notes. I got so many amazing, wonderful prophecies and notes and amazing things in here. I love it all the time. Anyway. So, Lord, I just ask that you give us wisdom. The third spirit is the spirit of Korah, which is the spirit of rebellion. If you remember in Numbers chapter 16, there were 250 prominent leaders in Israel selected by Moses Remember, his father Jethro said, you need to um, help divide some of the, you can't wear yourself out by doing all these judgments all day long. So why don't you set men over 50s, over 20s, set up a hierarchy of government. So that was a wise thing. So he selects leaders, he prays over them, and they, in fact, the Lord says, I will take my, the spirit that's on you and I'll put them on them. And for, there was leadership that was created. And so in the midst of that, they're now in the desert, you know the rebellion that happens in the desert, they don't trust God, he provides them food, he provides them water, he provides them everything, he gives them a fire at night and a cloud in the day and, and they're still grumbling and complaining. And it gets to a place where they don't like how Moses is leading this, cro- this crop of folks. So they decide, you know what, let's lead a rebellion against Moses. And God hears it and he says, Moses, you go get Korah and all of his 249 others and put them by their family groups in front of their tent, and we'll judge to see who's going to lead this thing. So he puts that word out. They all line up. God says, he's my servant. I selected him. And the ground opens up and swallows 250 families, all of them alive. Talk about a sinkhole. And then they get mad. The remainder of the folks get mad at Moses for killing them. That's the core of spirit. It is the rebellion against legitimate authority. Now you, I don't care if you don't like Trump or not. I didn't particularly like several of our past presidents. But we're told to pray. In Romans 13, we're supposed to pray for those in authority because they didn't get there unless God let them get there. So praying for them is one thing, criticize them. I'm not exactly uh, excited about some of the congressmen that we have, but we better pray for them. Lord God, change their heart. Let them see. And so, that spirit of rebellion is this illegitimate attack against leadership that is a lie of deception, and it's rampant. It's rampant in both parties. It's crazy what's going on. We need God to show up and to lead us through this spirit because we need to pray against this jealousy, hatred, and murder against deception empowered by greed and the rebellion that is against legitimate authority. That's happening in family structure. Why do you think the divorce is going crazy? The illegitimate attack against authority figures and not that there, there isn't, you know, allowed for abuse, and all, but there is this crazy structure that is being torn down in businesses, in government, in schools, the undermining of legitimate authority. Those are all spirits that are operating. And we as a people of God need to come together and pray and ask God to heal our land. We repent from our own racial injustice, hatred, greed, self, pride, rebellion. Come against that. Humble yourself. Seek his face. Draw close to him. He will draw close to you. Then you can resist the devil and he'll flee, James 4. That's the place where I'm calling our people to come together. We've got to pray like we've never prayed before. The next several months are going to be critical. And I believe there's other spiritual darkness things happening. But these are three that I believe the Lord has shown us. Well, turn with me. I want to shift. we have got a few more minutes and I'll probably… I will finish up this next week. But let me ask you to turn to First Chronicles 12. First Chronicles and the Chronicles of the Kingdom in verse 12. This is an amazing set of Scripture, actually. If you want to look at it, you can look at, I listed here, a number of the chapters, Chronicles actually chapter 10 through 16. Just to give you a highlight, the, um, in, in First Chronicles 10, remember that Saul... King Saul gets way off track. He doesn't listen to what's going on. He, in, he goes into witchcraft. He goes to the witch of Endor. So he starts using witchcraft instead of Samuel, the prophet, legitimate prophet. He goes into witchcraft to get revelation. And as a result of that, God says, I'm done with you. I wish I had never made you king. You have, uh, dismissed, you have dismissed what I've given you. And so he says at this point in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, he says, um, well, in chapter 10, <laughs> trying to figure out how to turn it off, can't turn it off. I, I get it. Sometimes that thing drives me crazy. I, anyway, um, King, King Saul is actually killed. There's a battle that goes on. God takes his hand of protection off of, chapter, uh, off of King Saul in chapter 10, and it says in verse 13, he says, Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. 1 Chronicles 10, 13, he dies because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command and had consulted a medium instead of asking for the Lord's guidance. So the Lord killed him and turned the kingdom over to David. I feel like I'm speaking to somebody right now. This dabbling that you're doing in witchcraft, whether it's in Torah cards or mediums and psychics, First, um, in in, uh, Deuteronomy 18.10, it says, warn the people not to indulge. That's an abomination and God hates it. He just hates it. Get off the horoscopes. Get off that garbage. It's a form of idolatry. It's a form of witchcraft and new age. And I'm speaking to your heart right now. You have a choice. Make a choice and repent. Or there will be destruction that can come upon you. We see from this indication that God will not have any other gods before him. He shouldn't have to. Then we see that they start to make David king. Remember, he was king over Judah. Now they're going to make him king over all, both Israel and Judah. And the mighty warriors start coming in chapter 11. In chapter 12, all more warriors come. The mighty, they start coming around King David. But I love in chapter 12, there was all the tribes. Remember the 12 tribes? There was a particular tribe, the tribe of Issachar. In First Chronicles 12, look at verse 32. They're all coming. They're prophesying about him and the son of Jesse and how he's to be the king over the nation. And there was a group of 200 leaders from the tribe of Issachar. Verse 32, First Chron- uh, Chronicles 12:32. From the tribe of Issachar were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives... All these men understood the sign of the times and knew the best course to take. There was a particular wisdom on these 200 leaders. says, we know what the season is, and we also know what to do. And they throw the weight of the kingdom and their support behind David, and you know the rest of the story. The fruit of that, right, you'll know it by its fruit, David conquers all of the land around them and his son Solomon and all of that conflict, the good, the bad, the ugly that goes with that. So, I want us to see that today, I believe, in number four there in your outline, the spiritual season we're in is very similar to what Israel was going through back in that day. There were certain leaders who understood what the season was. There were others that were totally messed up and wrapped up in other things many were taking the bait of the deceiving spirits, turning away from God and betraying each other. I want to use a prop here this morning. You know, I've had uh, my three grandchildren from Texas here, 10, 12, and 16, soon to be 17, right? And they they are big in fishing. Oh, my goodness. We have been to Mason Barrow Pier, we've been to Curie Beach Pier, Wrightsville Beach Pier, on the boat, over at the island, at the ponds. It's like, fish. Would take us to Sportsman's Warehouse. We need to get some fishing poles. We need tackle. And so, we went out and got, Isaiah and I got two really nice poles. He got to pick one he wanted. And, and uh, we've been doing all sorts of things, cleaning out tackle boxes. So, let me ask the question. What is this? It's a lure. What's a lure? It 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 attracts a fish. Is it real? It looks real. But it's going through the water, right? What's it intended to do? Hook you. So that you can't get away from it. But it's fake. And you end up in the cook pot. Hello? Well, they wanted to know, they, they watch all these fishing shows. Oh, my Lord, we got the monster fish caught on the island here and there and, well, this is a, I think this is a, this is a hula papa? Yeah, and it floats on the top of the water for bass, Isaiah tells me. It pops along the water and bath, big largemouth bath, they caught like four of them, comes up and swallows this thing because it looks like some kind of bug going across the surface. Well, I don't know what the heck you would catch with this. I don't think I even want to know what that thing is. It's a, it's a worm, but man, that is a big worm. Maybe it's made to look like an eel. I don't know. We caught shark, we caught all sorts of crazy stuff. Stingrays. Now there's all these different kinds. This is a spoon. And then there's all these kinds of weights. There's a, there's a little weight. Look at this thing. Man, you must be in some current for that thing. But you got to know what fish you're after. you got to know which lure to use. you got to know what the conditions are environmentally that you're into. How, how strong is the current? What is it that you're trolling into? Should you cast? Should you let it sit? Should you use live bait or should you use a lure? What tackle, what size tackle should you use for it? It all matters if you're going to, when the devil is working and he's got his lure and his bait out there and it looks so real and it looks so good until he sets the hook. And that's what's happening right now and he's reeling in a whole lot of people. And so, we're not going to take the bait. We are not going to take the bait. We're going to be, wait a minute. That's a false lure. That is high-sounding nonsense by the philosophies and the teachings of demons. We're not going in that direction because we're going to know the word. and We're going to know the season. But the greatest thing is we have a connection with the Holy Spirit who tells us the truth. It's the truth that sets us free. And he'll give you a dream and a vision. Look at all the miracles and prophecies He awakens Joseph. Joseph was going to put Mary aside because of what had happened, right? She's pregnant out of wedlock. God gives him a dream and tells him, no, what is there is holy. It's from God, and it changes the course of his life. Then he awakens and says, take my son and go into Egypt because Herod's going to kill him. You can have dreams and visions and revelations and prophecy. If you're in the right place with the right people in this season, you will be protected. But if you're out by yourself listening to all the garbage and the high-sounding nonsense, you're going to get hooked. And God's saying, don't fall for the bait. Don't take the bait. Get in the word, shut off the stuff, turn off the Facebook, turn off the stuff of all man, you get bombarded. My wife and I get bombarded at night. We're listening. What about this one? And what about the, the vaccine is bad, it's this, it's got all this in it, and it's gonna change that. I'm like, give us help, Lord Jesus. We're gonna need to know what to do. And he will. He'll protect his people. He always does. He has protected the remnant from the beginning. But it really comes down to our choice. So it's 10 of. uh, We're going to stop here. Let's stop here. I want to invite, I want to specifically invite the ministry team, if you'll put your masks on. We want to pray for anyone who's here and those listening by live stream. Please come, listen in, tune in Wednesday night. Get familiar with the generals. What Pastor Terry's teaching, this is his skill set. It's powerful. The skill set, these were very imperfect people just like me and you, but God had his hand on them, and he used them with signs following miracles. And then we had an amazing time at the beach a couple weeks ago, the baptism. We baptized 14. We had, I think it was four. There were four. Where's Nilsa? Nilsa? Was it four that walked off, were on the beach and came over? There were four, and we love it. We always pray about it. In fact, we prayed about it before. That God let us be a witness as we're worshiping on the beach. Let people come. So we had this young a grandma with her 14-year-old grandson come and says, "I've not been able to get baptized at my church. Could I get baptized?" So we've added her. Do you love Jesus? Do you is He amazing your Savior and your Lord? Would you would you are you willing to die for? It? Yeah, yeah. And then several others came up the same way. So we had we had four. So God is just He's amazing what God wants to do if we'll be available with House of Mercy and outreach and so let's stand you, Jesus. Kyle if you and could just a uh, little background music just a just a tad let's just um, let's just bow our heads for a moment I I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to all of us in different ways he can put his finger on areas that we're disappointed even in ourselves about, that we've thought that or we've judged that way or we've carried this resentment, bitterness, failures. I screwed up this week and I'm sad and sorry, God. You know, it's that kind of place where the enemy tries to turn it into shame and guilt and repetitive failure. And God says, that's, that's not who I am. There is no condemnation, he said in Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. None. He says, when he turned to the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, he said, where are your accusers? He says, I don't accuse you. Now go and sin no more. So come if if you need prayer this morning in an area of your life where you've just been struggling. You can't seem to find the freedom on the other side of it. Come and get empowered by the Holy Spirit. I also feel this morning I word of knowledge that someone has been praying. I believe it's for a young woman, it might be a young friend, or it could be um, a family member. And you've been grieving for them. You you see the uh, the false direction that they've been in. And you've been grieving. And You want someone to agree with you for that freedom to set that person free from the torment. Because it says the truth. Jesus said he's the truth. He's the way and the truth and the life. And no one can come unless they acknowledge him. But his freedom, his truth sets you free. So Lord, we just surrender this time to you. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you're revealing the season we're in but you're also going to tell us how to prepare. Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Just like the hurricane season, Lord, there are things we need to do. So, Lord, show us how to watch and pray. So we thank you right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. We'll come for prayer. God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great week. Don't don't hesitate to come Wednesday. Tune in. We'll pick up part two next week.